zone. up everyone welcome back to another episode of the fantasy football shop i'm joined by my co-host mr matt what's up mr matt good evening good evening sir how are you <laughs> oh my god how are you um matt we're professionals here please i mean what's <laughs> happened what's going on over there do you need uh, you know, emt i need a i need a whole lot <laughs> are, are, you, are you done chewing on your seeds? Is that what happened? I, you have to let everybody know what I was doing. Well, really? I mean, it, it, the minute that I throw it to you, you start choking on them. So, <laughs> no, the seeds are all gone. Every everything is all good. All systems go. All systems go. Are you sure? Awesome. Yes, I'm sure. Positive. All right. All right. <laughs> so we'll try this again. Our boy Big Blue cannot make it today. So we are going on without them. But before we get into this episode, let's get to the business at hand. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF shop. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at the mage underscore NFL. Follow Matt at Mr. Chris 172. And make sure you follow our boy, Big Blue at I bleed blue forever. Big Matt, what's going on? Yes, there, man? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, the... You know, free agency is pretty much done. Well, almost. You know, the draft is done. So the smoke have uh, finally settled. So we could finally figure out, you know, who landed in, you know, prime spots for fantasy and who got, you know, screwed. So Listen, I don't I'm ready to go. That, I, I don't think uh, any smoke has settled. Uh, they only opened up rookie mini camps yet. So we got a long way to go, man. A long way to go. We're still we're still in the honeymoon stages from the NFL draft. We people are still hyped on the players that they had. The fantasy community, as much as this is a fantasy football podcast, the fantasy community is throwing up boy Kadarius Tony under a bus. Um, they don't like him. You obviously have different plans for him because I see you taking him in the first round of our drafts. But hey, man. You and uh, uh, Blue, you guys have players that you love. You love them endlessly. It doesn't matter if they cheat on you. You still take them back with open arms. So, I mean, I think a little uh, a first round is a little early for Kadarius Tony, but I'm going to start there. Tell me why you like him, man. Well, you know, in in Dynasty, you know, it's all about longevity, right? You know, he may not hit a grand slam in year one, but it could happen in year two. You know, we don't know if uh, Sterling Shepard or, or um, yeah, Sterling Shepard and uh, Darius Slate will, will be a giant next year moving forward. So, you know, I, I look at it from a long-term perspective with him. But also, in fantasy, a lot of people try to box him in saying that, well, you know, he's really not a wide receiver. He doesn't have enough experience at it. And in fantasy now, you want receivers that could run the ball, just like you want running backs who could run routes and catch. So the more that you could do, the better. It's all about scoring fantasy points, right? So I, that's how I envision him. You know, a lot of people uh, laugh at me when I compare them to Debo Samuel, who could run the ball, who could catch the ball. But um, that's how I view him. And, you know, in fantasy, it's all about opportunities. And he's going to be able to do a lot whether it's with the Giants and in fantasy. So that's my vision on him. Well, I mean, from my perspective, and this is where I guess uh, you and uh, Blue get to uh, be a little bit ahead of the curve. I like to see how players are going to work out, how they're going to be utilized. I, I, I like to look at, you know, potential situations. Um, but we're going to get to a little bit later on, but our boy Blue had a really bold – uh, take for Kadarius Tony, and with this offense, I just don't see it, man. I just don't see how he's going to be. So, Blues, one of his seven deadly sins or project projections, whatever mm -hmm. it was, however he said it, but um, he predicted that Kadarius Tony would have a thousand yard season. Maybe with the extra game, he gets there. 
but the problem, like you said, is going to be utilization. How are they going to utilize them? Um, you know, and he just said a thousand yards receiving. So it wasn't a thousand all right. purpose yards. <laughs> I, I, perp- I mean, personally, I, I just I don't see it just because even I'm coming down a little bit on Kenny Galladay, man, just because this team has so many weapons. I, I, I see that ball getting spread around so much. You're right. Kadarius Tony might line up in the backfield with Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, he's going to be your threat as a run. Um you know, they might even have them throw the ball every now and then also. I I, I just don't see a 1,000 yards at Kadarius Tony not in his rookie season. But I wanted to at least just bring that to light uh, just to get the conversation started uh, because you and I are in quite a few leagues mm-hmm. together. But who are three players in this draft that you absolutely loved their landing uh, spot? Well, um Three players in total, or you talking about three running backs or three receivers? All right. If we, um. Well, what do you want to do? We don't have blue here today. We got some time. Do you want to give me one player at each position? Okay, I, c- I can give you a player at each position. All right, let's do a player at each position then. Who? Who? Which quarterback landed in the best? Oh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, elite play caller, strong supporting cast. They retooled the offensive line. Is this this going to be a matter of time, whether it's later on this season or next year, he's going to be ready to rock and roll with with everything that's going on around him. So I like him at at the quarterback position. At the running back position, I mean, it's very easy to say uh, Najee Harris. I mean, you know, he's going to be that full-time bell cow that really doesn't exist in the NFL anymore, but he'll be that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and that wide receiver, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with um, time on. I'm gonna have time out. You can't just say Najee Harris just because he was the best running back available in this draft. You got to give me a little bit more than that, man. Or you got to dig a little bit deeper. Oh, you are the guy. Okay. That's infamous for saying that you got to do your homework in fantasy yes. leagues because that's where the money's made. I'm not going to let you off the hook with Najee Harris. Okay, so let me say this. One, the other running backs on the team, they all suck. Number two, big men is still there, so the presence of being able to pass the ball should help him as far as not seeing as many stack boxes as possible. Three, you look at Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and um, and uh, James Washington, you know, they would help open up some running lanes for him. So even if it was anybody else that was considered the starter, Benny Snell, they would have gotten a bump up entering this fantasy uh, draft season. But since it's him, and we know that he's coming in here to be the bell cow like Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to go out and say he may be, whether it's a redraft or dynasty startup leagues, 12-team or even 14-team leagues, he's a first-round pick. All right. I'm going to stop you there because I I, I don't want this to be one long just here's all my guys segment. Let's go back and forth here, all right? So you gave me quarterback. You gave me running back. So I'm going to go quarterback. I'm going to go running back, and then we're going to come back to you for another question. All right. So my quarterback, the one that landed in the most optimal position, in my opinion, is going to be Mac Jones. Mm. All right. I like Mac Jones. He has the benefit of being able to sit behind Cam Newton this year. And then he goes to an offense or a team that is going to tailor their game around them. We're starting to see this as Giants fans, right? Um, And the Giants recently signed Kelvin Benjamin today, which I'll get to that because I know you're aching to talk about Kelvin (laughs) Benjamin. (laughs) But they're going to scheme around the opponent's defense each week. Mac Jones, they're just going to ask him, do not lose games here. Right? So I think Mac Jones is going to land in the most ideal position because he's going to be able to sit behind a quarterback for a year. He has probably the best NFL coach in history. And they're going to work with him. 
I'm going to throw a bonus out there because I really like this guy as a sleeper. And because I also don't have a lot of picks in the first and second rounds because I traded them for running backs. <laughs> Kellen Mond. I love Kellen Mond. If I can get him in the third round of uh, drafts, I'm taking him, man. I'm even seeing some people take him ahead of Kyle Trask, um, you know, who, again, was drafted ahead of Kellen Mond. But I really like him. I like his situation. Uh, Kirk Cousins could very well be done there. Kellen has all the tools to be an NFL quarterback. So Kellen is a sleeper that I like maybe in the third or fourth round of rookie drafts. And we're talking from a dynasty perspective here. So <clears throat> now I, on to my running back. Okay. Go ahead. You have a rebuttal? No, 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 no. Go ahead. You're good. All right. On to my running back. Najee Harris is the obvious pick. I'm not going to do that because you know what? I'm disappointed in you actually, Matt, because <laughs> – you never take the easy way out. So I'm disappointed <laughs> by that. I, I I thought you were going to give me a sleeper or something here. But there's a lot more to hate <laughs> about all these running backs than I think there is anything to like. Oh, man. Um, Najee certainly did end up in the most optimal position, but I don't want to agree with you just for the sake of – give me Javante Williams, all right? Only reason why I say that is he's going to have Melvin Gordon this year. So, uh, Dynasty Drafts, he may have little to – little value. I wouldn't say no value. Little value this year with Melvin Gordon in front of him. But he's going to be able to get acclimated to the NFL game where he's not going to be expected to carry the load. Um, now – it all depends. And reason why I like Javante Williams even more uh, heading down towards the future is because I don't think Drew Locke is going to be his quarterback next year. Mm. So if you get another quarterback that isn't Drew Locke to come in to go with Javante Williams, that wide receiving core is already stacked. I think that he's probably set up, and especially in Pat Shermer's offense, he is set up to be a prime running back, not this year, but next year. So the way that you're looking forward to get Darius Tony is the same way I'm looking at Javante Williams. Okay. Now, and, I'm and gonna, I'm a, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, because I'm, I'm moving on to the next segment. So, okay. No, because I, all right, with the running back, you're right. Najee Harris was the easiest one. I'm going to pick Michael Carter for the Jets. The running back situation is, is, is fluid. It's wide open. Um, they may not like uh, 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 P. Ryan, Michael P. Ryan, as much. They drafted Michael Carter in this new offensive scheme. We know he could catch. He's a jitterbug out there. He ain't, he's not going to be a bell cow, but he's going to play enough to gain a good amount of fantasy points. So I'm 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 going to go with him as as my uh, uh, sleeper moving forward. All right. So now we talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about the running backs. Tell me one quarterback that you did not like their landing position and why. I, for fantasy purposes, I did not like Mac Jones landing spot at all because the supporting cast that he has isn't that strong. And two, you know, he's basically there to fill Tom Brady's shoes. And, you know, Tom Brady has been a fantasy stud ever since, you know, 2007 to now. And for people to think that he's going to be become that once he becomes a starter, even if it's, even if you're looking at it from a long-term point of view, it's going to be very hard to replicate the GOAT and, he can't run, so he's not going to give you any additional points there. He's going to have to be perfect, and well, everything around him is not. Like, Tom Brady wasn't exactly Mike Vick either. No, he wasn't, but he gave you perfection whenever he threw the ball. And I, Mac Jones did lead the SEC and all of college football in passing uh, in 2020 and the collegiate he level. sure did and you know you could say the same with uh blake sims or aj mccarran alabama 
have a bunch of guys that fill up the stat sheet, but can they translate all that success from the SEC into the NFL? And I think he's just another one of those that might struggle, not just early, but often. All right. Give me, let's stick with you. Let's give me your running back that you did not like his landing position. Gainwell with the Eagles. I don't know what's going on over there. They just signing everybody off the street. Um, and, you know, I feel sorry for Miles Sanders, but you know, Kenneth Gainwell, I, I just feel like he would just get lost in it, with the Eagles from a fantasy perspective. I, I mean, he's shown that he could be a much better running back. He, uh, you know, the Bills could have had him, the Dolphins, the Falcons, or even the Jets. But, you know, the Eagles in that crowded backfield, I think he would just get lost. And, you know, that would be a great talent wasted in fantasy. Sorry, I was taking a sip there. Um, I thought that would be a little bit longer. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um. My one quarterback that I absolutely hate the landing spot has got to be Justin Fields. We talked about this on the podcast. I I mean, I don't think that too much changes from the time the end of the season up to the draft. So Justin Fields pretty much all college year was the second best quarterback in college football. Why that suddenly changed? I have no idea. Zach Wilson was the second best quarterback. Um, you know, people fell in love with his arm talent, only one year production at BYU. I'm not sold on it. Uh, I think a lot of what scared people away from Justin Fields as well was the Dwayne Haskins project. So Dwayne Haskins, but Justin Fields has had more experience than Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, again, a one year starter. Uh, and they got Trey Lance that went third overall. So I, I think Justin Fields got the short end of the stick and not only that too and then he also went to sh- fucking chicago on top of that so it's like jesus man um i i just don't get it um it was good for us giants because we were able to trade out of that pick uh get the additional first rounder but justin feels man i i feel bad for this kid i hope that he succeeds uh i just don't see it being in chicago they just don't know how to develop quarterbacks does he start week one? No. Can he save the coaching staff and the GM from getting fired? Not if he's not starting, he can't. Because the Jets did the same thing with Sam Donald a few years ago, too. You know, that tandem was on their last lifeline, and uh, they drafted Donald, and the very next year they was gone. So. See, here's my problem, though, is that if Justin Fields is starting ahead of Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, then you probably got a bigger issue at hand. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie quarterback. I don't think he should be starting unless he hands down blows him away, right? Heading into season, there's no doubt about it. Justin Fields is the best quarterback on this team. I think that's a lot to throw on a rookie in his first year. Somebody that's looking for a franchise quarterback. I mean, you mentioned Sam Donald and, you know, how he kind of collapsed under all that pressure. And also, he had pretty bad coaching. Matt Nagy hasn't really done anybody any favors as of late either. So, um, I I really do. I think Justin Fields landed in possibly the worst situation. Now, as far as running back goes, man, you really kind of – took my thunder with the uh, gain well because this was a guy that had a lot of expectations coming out of the draft a lot of people expected him to maybe be a climber in fantasy drafts I have no idea what the hell the Philadelphia Eagles are doing my background is actually Howie Roseman for those that can't see but I mean the Philadelphia Eagles man Miles Sanders right they got Jordan Howard Balvin Scott, they drafted Kenneth Gainwell, and then they picked up Kerryon Johnson. What the hell are the Eagles doing with this backfield? I feel bad most for Miles Sanders. I I, I mean, I I would like to think that Miles Sanders is going to be the bell cow, but holy crap, man. I mean, 
I don't know. How how do they expect to use all these running backs? Scott and Gainwell are pretty much the same type. I mean, Kerryon Johnson could spell Miles Sanders. He has speed, can kind of catch the ball. But I don't know. I I I don't I'm not sure Philadelphia has an idea what Philadelphia is doing. They really don't. And 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 if you and if you ask their fan base, I mean, do they even like their first round pick? I mean, it depends. I mean, it, it, they it, they probably think they do. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they got to screw over the Giants by uh, by taking them, and so that this way we couldn't. But um, yeah. also too, I mean, I it, do, do you have another point on game well or no? Well, yeah, game well. Uh, I said everything I need to say about him. Uh, yeah, we could definitely move on. But my other thing about Gainwell, though, I mean, I like the fact that you mentioned that one, but really, honestly, I think probably the worst landing spot might have to be Travis Etienne. What are they doing with this guy, man? So, I mean, Urban Meyer had him taking snaps exclusively at wide receiver and then said, worst case scenario, we got a running back that could catch a ball. I mean, when was he ever bad at catching the football? I'm, I I really don't know. But even with that being said, you could kind of envision Etienne as being another Alvin Kamara. You know, best case scenario. You know, it's quite obvious that they don't look at him or view him as a three-down running back, which, you know, why the hell would you draft him in the first round if – uh, especially a running back at that to just use them elsewhere. That doesn't really make any sense. Um, you know, but like what Big Blue said in his uh, uh, hot takes. We're, we're, uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're gonna, I'm okay, gonna okay, okay. That. I'm going to skip that for the end. <laughs> okay, okay, no problem. But, yeah, uh, ETN, uh, you know, I, I, I feel bad for the guy. I, I, and, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it just it blows my mind. What do you do? You take a guy at the end of the first round. I mean, is he going to be a wide receiver? And the worst part is, too, for fantasy is, like, how do you draft him? Are you drafting him to be a running back? Are you drafting him to be a wide receiver at this point? I mean, Urban Meyer has got to be, like, a one-and-done type of coach. I, I don't see Urban Meyer sticking in this league, man. The only person that could save him? is the quarterback and you know does he have enough surrounding him to be able to save the entire friend he's already there to be the savior of the franchise can he save urban meyer he's gonna have to i mean i i don't know put them in the same category as the eagles i mean i i actually do kind of like the jacksonville jaguars draft i'm just i don't know call me crazy but i'm not sold on urban meyer Uh, i'm just not I, I, I'm not sure what he brings to the table. I don't see him lasting in, in the NFL personally, but uh, give me a wide receiver whose landing spot you like the most. This one may surprise you a little bit, but um, the wide receiver that I believe that will have a huge, that will be greatly valued in fantasy is Nico Collins with the Texans. Granted, we don't know what the quarterback situation will be, but as far as being the day one starter, I believe he will be that. And he will have an opportunity to really churn out some yardage and production that would mirror what Jamar Chase will do, Jalen Waddle, or even uh, Devontae Smith. So I like him a lot. And when you when you stand hard for it, guys, you stand hard, bro. That's what I do. That, that <laughs> is what you do. That is what you do. That, I, I, all right, so I'm probably going to catch some slack from you for this one, but I'm going to explain it, though. Okay. Jamar Chase, right? reason why I figure I'm going to get some slack here from you is because I see you can't go with Najee Harris. But the reason why I do love Jamar Chase is because we talked about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow threw, what, 67 passes in one game last year? Yeah. 
I, I mean, it was absolutely insane. Joe Burrow already has a rapport with Jamar Chase. He's going to what's going to be a high-volume passing attack. Now, that all depends how Joe Burrow comes back from his ACL. Uh, also, Joe Mixon. Does Joe Mixon get more involved in the run game? But I really like Jamar Chase's landing spot simply because of the rapport there with Joe Burrow and because of how many passes were thrown last year by Joe Burrow up until his injury. I mean, this guy's going to get peppered with targets. Peppered. So if you're looking for somebody that you're definitely – and in most dynasty drafts, he is the first wide receiver off the board. So this isn't really anything great or like, hey, look at me. Um, so I think Jamar Chase landed in the best spot. However, I will give you a sleeper then. I like Tutu Atwell. I like Tutu Atwell for the Los Angeles Rams because I think he kind of fits what it is that the Rams do there with that kind of high tempo offense. He has some speed to him. He's he's a little bit of a he's a little bit on the smaller side in terms of uh, height and everything, but I really do think I, I like what he can bring to the table. I think I think he's going to really excel in that type of offense, and especially with Matt Stafford there as well. Um, I really like Tutu Atwell as a sleeper. I I I don't I don't well. Hmm. Tutu Atwell in, with the Rams, I mean, when the Rams were high-octane offense, when they had that a couple of years ago, they always had that fast guy on the outside, whether it was Brandon Cooks or Sammy Watkins. The past two years, they really didn't have that. So if Tutu Atwell could bring that element back with a stronger arm quarterback and Matt Stafford, like you just explained, that could open things up greatly and, and could definitely make him – you know, put him on a fantasy radar. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's there since he's a second round pick, but I mean, in that offense, he could really go places See, and really help people. Yeah. Matt, that's a crazy thing, though, Matt. I mean, you've been doing a lot of rookie drafts as of late. So have I. Tutu yeah. Atwell's going late. He's going late in a lot of drafts. I mean, the earliest I've seen him take, I, taken, I think, might be the third round. <laughs> Because I believe a lot of people think that he's just a returner. But, hey, look, the Rams didn't have a first-round pick. This was the Rams' first pick of the NFL draft. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I a lot of things I like to look at when it comes to Dynasty, too, is what was the draft capital? How much did they spend on a guy? I know that there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that are looking at um, running backs late in drafts. Uh, like, uh, who's a guy from Miami? Gerard Dokes. Yeah. Uh, what was he? I, I think he was like a seventh round pick. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, guys like that it, who now granted, we're talking about James Robinson as well, who went undrafted last year. But I like to look at draft capital as well, because when you place high capital in a player, you're going to you're going to give that player every chance to succeed. Exactly. So the fact that Tutu's going in third round and fourth rounds of dynasty drafts, it's a little surprising to me. So. But give me one wide receiver that you did not like their landing spot, and please don't take my guy. I don't know who you're going to say, but. Uh, do, do I, do, do I, should I be obvious? I, I hate to be obvious, but I'm, um, you know, since you asked me first, I'm going to have to come out and say it. It's Rashad Bateman. God damn it. Uh, you know, I, I apologize, but, um, you know, until Lamar Jackson could show that he could throw the ball outside the numbers and really trust his wide receivers, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to rely on whether it's him or Hollywood Brown or even uh, uh, Duvernay to really. And those guys are very capable, but it's Lamar Jackson that has a hard time finding them. So, you know. Maybe you could get them low. And and maybe he improves his game to the point where, you know, we see something that we haven't seen from him before, like a Josh Allen did from year two to year three. But I I cannot I cannot buy any stock in any of those wide receivers. I don't care if it's redraft or dynasty. I just can't do it. Can't do it. 
Yeah, you took the wide receiver right out of my mouth, man. Um, you know, it, the sad part is that I, on Clapback Sports, which I host, uh, which is basically a Giants uh, show, and then we mix in some New York sports. So, also, go check us out over there, too. Clapback Sports, follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, where all your podcasts can be heard. You can follow the Twitter account, but we basically uh, gave it to Murph at this point. So, um, but last year before the season, I talked about how I thought Lamar Jackson, because we did a little bit of a fantasy segment. Um, I thought Lamar Jackson was in for a huge regression. Uh, most of his touchdowns went to his wide receivers the year before in 2019. It's just Lamar Jackson is an elite football player. He's not an elite quarterback. And that's why the Ravens will win with him. I want no part of that offense aside from the run game when it comes to fantasy football. Um, and I know that sounds kind of kind of intuitive, but Lamar because Lamar Jackson did win MVP in 2019, did put up a lot of fantasy points. But last year he kind of fell off. I don't know exactly where he ranked amongst quarterbacks, but I don't think he was up there in the tops. Um so, yeah, I do not like Richard Bateman's landing spot at all. And Baltimore also took Tylen Wallace as well. Might as well lump him in there. Oh, but wow. since you took my guy and still on all my thunder, Mr. Matt. I apologize. No, you don't. You heard Devonta me. Smith. Okay. I Man wanted to go there. <laughs> The Eagles. But, I, I mean, let me tell you. First of all, they took Jalen Rager ahead of Justin Jefferson last year. Jalen Rager, a lot of people are high on him. Speed guy, can spread the field, etc. Now, we talked about this that um, offline and maybe on the podcast. I don't remember. If the Giants hadn't signed Kenny Galladay, then I was all in favor of Devonta Smith because I thought he is a true wide receiver one. I don't know if he can be a true wide receiver one on the Eagles, though. Um, Jalen Rager has to be that compliment wide receiver, the guy that can spread the field, allow Devontae Smith to work. Um, I don't know. We have to see what Jalen Rager is going to be year two. Then is Jalen Hurts the actual quarterback there? Uh, I, I got into it with Eagles fans on Twitter. Jalen Hurts was no better. They, they love to hate Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones' stats were way better than Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, I think, had just as many fumbles. So Jalen Hurts, man, it diverted. I, I'm still kind of up in the air on him. But, again, his legs does help his fantasy game. So I do like Jalen Hurts as a fantasy quarterback. Um, I just don't know if I'm buying that offense right now. And they have to – that offensive line is terrible as well, man. I, I I don't know. The Eagles are a mess right now. The offensive line is a mess. You know, they trust, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts a little bit. You know, Zach Ertz, does he stay? Does he go? You know, can Dallas Goddard take a punch? And with the wide receiver position, it seems like all these guys that they picked up the last, you know, two years – uh, um, JJ Arcega Whiteside, Jalen Rhaegar, um, even Borden Travis Fogum. It just feels like these wide receivers have a hard time getting it going. And for Devontae to come in here and you know basically be the savior, I, I, I have a hard time seeing it as well. And um, hopefully it, it does work out, you know, for fantasy. But um, as a Giants fan, I <laughs> I, I don't see much success coming from that Eagles offense from the quarterbacks or the wide receivers. It's, I don't see it. Neither do I, man. Um, I'm not, I'm, like I said, I'm not quite sure what the Eagles are up to, what they're doing, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't, I'm glad that they're in our division though. So I, I really <laughs> exactly. <that>. All right. <laughs> Give me one tight end whose landing spot that you like. There's not a whole lot out here. So uh, give me a tight end's landing spot that you did like. Well, 
Kyle Pitts, good. All right, moving on. No. Yeah, um, Carolina took a tight end. Um, his name escaped me. Uh, Tremble. Yeah, Tommy Tremble. Yeah, I like uh, I like his landing spot. I mean, I know they picked up uh, Dan Arnold, but they really don't have that solid uh, tight end in the middle. I think he will take over that position. Um, you know, give uh, Sam Donald an a, a easy target in the middle. And he's kind of built like a wide receiver too. So, you know, I I, I like him to 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 be a a, a decent fantasy uh, option as a rookie moving forward. I thought I was uh, unmuted before. This has been a bad a bad producing uh, job by me. So, um. I don't know about Tommy Tremble, man. Um, he's a great blocker. Uh, I don't know about his hands. I don't know if he's going to be as involved in the receiving game. You mentioned Dan Arnold. I really do like Dan Arnold a lot for this offense. Um, I tried to pick him up wherever I could, uh, where he was still available. I think he's going to be involved. But one wide receiver or wide receiver, Jesus uh, tight end for me. I like Trey McKitty for the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. So they have Jared Cook there. For and a year. If I'm not mistaken, Jared Cook is 76 years old. So, I mean, Jared Cook's not going to be there long term. Trey McKitty gets to come in along with Justin Herbert and the rest of this offense, develop with the second-year quarterback. Trey McKitty played well. He really did. Um, I liked him a lot uh, coming out of college. He was a player that we talked about internally uh, for the Giants to look at maybe later on in his draft. So I like his landing spot. They just got rid of Hunter Henry, who ended up with the New England Patriots. Jared Cook is there on a one-year deal. He'll be mixed in with some uh, two tight end sets. But going forward, it could be his job to lose. Yeah, anytime you get a, a, a young player to to uh, be teammates with a quarterback, a strong-arm quarterback at that, uh, you know, it, the opportunity to, to really take off is going to be there for him. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a great landing spot for him. I mean, is there really any tight ends that you hate their landing spot? Um, no, because this tight end group is uh, – not overly strong, you know, outside of, you know, the Kyle Pitts and maybe uh, Pat Firemuth. I, I wish Pat went to a better team. Do you think he takes over Eric Ebron this year? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Because what sucks for him is, you know, you he's only going to have Big Ben for one year. And, you know, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be, you know, moving forward. But he he will have the help of a good running game. So play action pass will work. They got wide receivers there to help spread open the field for him. So it's going to be – he's going to be an ideal situation. For, huh? Do you think he takes over for Ebron? Uh, well, this is the last year of Ebron's uh, deal. But, you know, he drops a lot of passes too. He probably will take over at some point. It may not. It may not be uh, by week five, but midway through the season, he probably could plays a, a hell of a lot more. Could it be a situation like Pittsburgh had with Ertz and Goddard? I mean, it, it, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, you know, the, the two wide receivers. The problem is, I think they're both. Then again, I mean, it's it's maybe the same situation as Philly. Neither of them are overly athletic. Ebron and Frymouth, they can both move. I'm not saying that they're not athletic, but right. they're no speedster. It's not like a Kyle Pitts or an Evan Ingram or even Darren Waller type, right? So, yeah, I, I can see a situation in which they both coexist. I don't know if Frymouth necessarily takes over Ebron, though. Hmm, that's interesting. That's interesting. Two tight end sets also help opens up that running game there, too. 
Which I, I, never, I never thought about that. That's good on you, man. I, I did not think about the possible double tight end set for Pittsburgh. No, that's, that's good on you, man. I mean, it, well, when you think about it, too, I mean, Pittsburgh was also – they led the league last year in targets. So, if anything, that would point to them having to run the ball a little bit more this year. They were too one-dimensional in 2020. Wait. Yeah, and I'll add too, Big Ben's not that good anymore. Big Ben's not that quarterback. He does not want to get hit anymore. <laughs> and, and the offensive line might have got a little bit worse too. His arm just isn't the same either. He doesn't have the same big arm like he used to. Uh, I yeah. mean, his arm got significantly weaker as that season went on. A lot of underthrown yeah. passes, a lot of ducks. So, I mean, I, I yeah, I could see them deploying the two tight ends set. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Okay. So, are you ready to talk about uh, Big Blue's um, infamous tweet? Uh yeah, we could. Uh, we could uh, dig in that a, a little bit. Um, where you want to start? So, I, I have it right here. Now, we didn't come up with our own bold predictions for the fantasy season just yet. Um, I haven't had a time to review, so I'm not ready to give mine. If you have some that you want to give, feel free. Uh, I don't have any at the moment, no. All right. <laughs> so number one on this list was Tua will be a quarterback one. So now what Big Blue had said is that you can draft Tua as your first quarterback. That's what he meant by that. Right. So uh, that would I have disagree. to put Tua – I mean, if you got 12 teams, let's even say redraft or dynasty, Tua would have to be in the top 12 of quarterbacks. I don't think he's there this year. Even with Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, and I think what they drafted Hunter Long at tight end as well, you, you still don't kind of see it? Man, you gotta help me out here with the yawns in between. <laughs> Too much silence. I, I think that you're gonna go on for a little bit and then uh and I get surprised by the uh silence. But uh I, I really like Jalen Waddle a lot. I do. Um Jalen Waddle's who I wanted for the New York Giants. Uh they still have Devontae Parker and Will Fuller. The question is, I don't know. Is two of the guy that's going to unlock those wide receivers? They have quite a few wide receivers. They have a tight end. They have Gasecki. They have Hunter Long, right? Um, they didn't bring in anybody to challenge Gaskin for the running back position, did they? No, they did not. There was a report saying that um, it was next in line to put in a waiver claim for Carry um, on Johnson, but um, you know uh, the Eagles uh, came in there first, so. Uh, no, they did not bring in, uh, I mean, Malcolm Brown, but he's not going to be a starter from the Rams. Um, but there's a lot of passing targets for Tua. Entering last year, I have to admit, I was, I thought it was going to be a red shirt for him for the entire year due to his hip injury. So I was kind of scared for him when he did play. But what you saw on the field from him, I mean, he was he was pretty average. I mean, he, like this was a guy that fans of of particular teams wanted to tank for, and he didn't show that he was worthy of tanking for. And maybe he he might turn into a a, a different animal this year with all these new pieces around him. But I I I just don't see it getting any better than what we saw last year. Uh, and, and, you know. Would you say that he was average at best? I didn't want to say it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> average at uh, best, For yes. people that don't know, you, you like to use that handle quite a bit for your fantasy team, so I had to throw that out there. <laughs> so, all right. So, Tua will be – or Tua is a quarterback that you can draft comfortably – as a first quarterback, according to our boy Blue. Um, I don't know if he gets there, but then number two kind of coincides with that. Uh, Waddle will be the number one in Miami. Uh, when he brought that up, my first thought was, no shit. 
So <laughs> uh, just given this, given the talent that they have in Miami, Devontae Parker has been hit and miss over the last couple of years, got the big contract because he had a big season. Uh, Will Fuller is going to miss the first two games of the season anyway. Hasn't shown that he can stay healthy aside from injecting himself with PEDs. So, <laughs> I mean, by default, it's almost like Waddle's got to be the wide receiver one, no? He has to be Miami's best wide receiver, but will he produce as a wide receiver one in fantasy? The answer is no. Absolutely not. Um, you know, he, he would have to – that would mean Tua would either pepper him with a lot of targets or he'll be playing out of his mind. And, you know, Jalen Waddle is going to have to be what Odell was his rookie year to be a legitimate wide receiver one. What is the likelihood of that happening? Probably not very likely. And especially with all the concerns that we addressed regarding Tua, I mean, if we don't think that Tua is the guy, what makes us think that <laughs> Jalen Waddle is going to be the guy? So unless, right. he's, unless he's force-fed, like you, like you said, I mean, what makes us think that he's going to, you don't necessarily be the guy unless he's peppered with targets. So, but to Big Blue's prediction, Waddle number one in Miami, I find that hard to disagree with uh, simply by default. I don't think right. they have anybody else in Miami. I'm going to let you go on with this one, with the third one. James Robinson will be a top five running back in fantasy football. So now he put this out. On May 11th, for anybody that doesn't believe us, go check out the FF shop on Twitter. He posted this. These are his predictions. And he said then that James Robinson will be a top five running back. And then it came out, as we alluded to earlier, Travis at the end is taking snaps at wide receiver. So, but you supported Big Blue in this. Uh, go ahead. I supported Big Blue from a different perspective as far as um, James Robinson and ETN being able to coexist like we've seen from other teams in recent history, like the 2017 Saints with uh, Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara, or even, you know, with uh, Jonathan Stewart and uh, uh, um, what's his name? What's his name? Williams. Williams. Uh, uh, D'Angelo Williams, yes. Or or even or, or even or even or even Brandon Jacobs and Derek Ward. It's possible. James Robinson did enough to not completely be put on the back burner. Also, he had 240 carries last year. This is a good opportunity with seven games. He could reach that number this year. The passing game was. Nowhere to be found. They use three quarterbacks, Jake Luton, Mike Glennon, and, and Gardner Minshew, and they couldn't get the passing game going. He was the only one that was consistent every week. So now you bring in a better quarterback. He may even have more touchdowns than he did last year with the same amount of carries. Now, with Travis Etienne being used as maybe a Percy Harvin, not really a running back, but he's supposed to be a running back. Um, James Robinson is here to stay, uh, you know, uh, uh, according to Urban Meyer. So, so I'm looking at some stats from last year. So uh, James Robinson in 14 games, he was seventh in fantasy points per game. Okay. With 17.9. And he finished seventh overall, but, because at 14 games, I like to go by per game because it only includes the games that he played. Um, 240 attempts, okay? 1,070 yards, seven touchdowns, 60 targets, 49 receptions, 344 receiving yards, three touchdowns. If they plan on using Etienne at running back at all, I mean, he's not touching the ball 240 times. Just to give you an idea, in 12 games, 
Nick Chubb rushed 190 times, 50 less touches, and ran for three less yards than James Robinson. Mm. All right. But, now, but to, that's but a situation to, in which he has Hunter as well. So you can also allude to that. But but to rebut what you just said about Nick Chubb, they had an offense that was able to sustain drives. They played winning football. The Jaguars have not. With the addition of Trevor Lawrence, they may be able to sustain more drives, which will lead to more fantasy points, like what the Browns were able to experience last year. So I think there's a benefit for James Robinson by having a better quarterback. Now, we will see how the running game splits will be between him and Etienne, but even if it was close to a, a, a timeshare, and let's say he does, he doesn't get 240 attempts, but he gets 200 or 210. The yards per carry may go up because of the ability of Trevor Lawrence being able to run. The ability to of Trevor Lawrence passing the ball to DJ Shark and 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 uh and uh Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault to be able to open things up for the running game. I think he may be able to sustain those yards and rushing touchdowns or possibly even improve upon. So I, I don't think it's, it's far-fetched for him to even be a top-five running back despite them drafting the running back in the first round. James Robinson was sixth amongst all running backs in terms of touches last year. So, and now when you look at his yards per touch, that's almost four and a half yards, which is really good for a running back. Yeah. It is. Um, so even with all that production, he finished outside of the top five with him by himself. If he splits any time at all, regardless of what you're saying, what the Trevor Lawrence effect might be, I I don't see it, man. It, it, the guy would have to get double-digit touchdowns in order to end up in that top five. And especially if they're talking about at the end out taking snaps out wide receiver, I, I mean, even if at the end is used primarily – as a receiving back, right. I, James Robinson's got to be coming off the field on third downs. So then you take away the 60 targets that he had then also. Oh, so, yeah, you definitely you definitely cut that in half, at, at least in half. Yes, I agree. All right. So he had 60 targets, 49 receptions, which is honestly a really good catch rate. Yes. All right. So then even if you cut that down in half, I mean, you're looking at 30 – and then what, maybe 25 receptions? Yeah. And receiving yards go down to what, maybe it was 350, so what, 175? Yeah. I mean, if you're taking any numbers away from him, again, he was seventh last year. If you're taking anything away from him, how does he creep into the top five? All right, let me say this. His opportunities when you include the passing game overall will go down. His touchdowns will go up. You hope so. I'm here. I'm here to support my boy Big Blue, man. I, I, I'm gonna ride with him. I'm gonna ride with him. It's, it's very easy to say a guy won't be this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be the opposite. Yes, he can. All right. All right. <laughs> you, you got. You guys love your bull takes. You really do. And and that's what I appreciate about you guys. And that's what I like about this show because we all th- bring a different perspective to this. Um, Absolutely. I like the fact that you guys still trust in James Robinson. I still have him in in some fantasy leagues as well. Um, Start him. But again, the fantasy advice that I give or, or or what I give out is advice I would like to take myself. I know that you guys would do it. You guys are a lot bolder. Um, I think I like to be a little more grounded in what it is that I'm looking at. But hey, look. James Robinson, top five running back. You guys heard it here first on the Fantasy Football Shop. So, and then you can go and follow Big Blue for more fantasy football. Advice. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, hey, look, man, you told me about Robert Tanyan before his season even started last year. I said, Robert Tanyan, who they drafted Jay Sternberger. Boy, was I wrong. So, um, let's see if we could burn through the rest of these. We're heading on just about okay. an hour now. Michael Gallup, top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, you know. No. Yeah, I, I 
I personally just don't see it with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb there. Um, even Dalton Schultz is going to get some of that uh, receiving yards as well. Absolutely. Uh, Daniel Jones will be a top 10 quarterback. Absolutely. 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 Without a doubt. Hey, look, and, and, that, and, and, yes, we are Giants fans, but just looking at from, from uh, the outside looking in, look at what was done from the very first day of free agency to now. Like, he has nothing but toys lined up around him to, to, to play with now. You know, <laughs> and, and with the addition of even Kelvin. We don't even know what we could get from Kelvin Benjamin. But if he even able to get a little bit of his swagger back to go along with Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph and Ingram and Tony and, and, and Shep and Slayton, and it, it, whatever John Ross could, could give, I mean, that is a lot for a defense to deal with. And Daniel Jones is going to have to be accounted for because we know he could pull off an 80-yard run as well. So, as I said, our very first episode when we signed Kenny Galladay, why not when it comes to Daniel Jones being this year's version of Josh Allen? Fast forward to what everything has happened. I think my stance now is even stronger. My stance back then is stronger today. So I just want to give you some Daniel Jones numbers real quick. So in 2019, he was 12th amongst all quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. That was with a healthy Saquon Barkley. Well, not healthy because he injured. He had the high ankle injury. Um, so that was with Saquon Barkley, not necessarily a healthy one. Last year, he dropped to 32nd in fantasy points per game. Lost Saquon after game or during game two. So I'm with you. I'm riding high on Daniel Jones. They gave him a lot of weapons. Question is, can the kid stay upright long enough to be able to connect with those weapons? I like Daniel Jones. And fantasy quarterback, too, somebody that with the wheels that he does. What was that? At some point last year, I believe he had the fastest uh, time yeah. amongst all quarterbacks, I think, or something. Yes. Sure. I think all players, I think. All players. So, I, look, I mean – we don't call him white chocolate or vanilla Vic for nothing. So. <laughs> but Daniel Jones, I do like the, I, I, I do like the bull prediction. I'm behind it, especially with all the weapons. Number six on this list was Kadarius Tony will top 1000 yards. And he clarified that was 1000 yards receiving not all purpose. So you alluded to this at the beginning of the episode. We kind of led with this. I uh, want you to wrap it up with the Tony. I'm I'm gonna say no. It is it's um yes, there's a lot of targets that's gonna be going around, but at the same time, um I mean Kenny Galladay does open up the field for the running game and the other receivers, but I don't think it's gonna be enough targets for, for Kadarius Tony to gain a thousand yards, and he doesn't even need to be to be that effective. So I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. Just because Kadarius Tony, when we signed Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham pretty much came in as a wide receiver one. Um, And then especially after Odell showed what he can do, he was a go-to wide receiver. He was electric. He was somebody you get the, you get the ball in his hands, and then you see what they can do. I don't think the Giants necessarily need that out of Kadarius Tony this year with everything going on. Um, you signed Kenny Galladay to be a wide receiver one. You still have help that you also brought in. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram, um, John Ross. You still got Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Get back Saquon Barkley. I just don't see a 1,000 yards for Kadarius Tony receiving. Last thing on his list was Devontae Adams will not be a top 10 wide receiver. Yay or nay? As long as Aaron Rodgers is back and and it's looking like he will be back, Devontae Adams is going to remain at the top of his position. So I I disagree with Big Blue on that hot take. Yeah, I think what this always comes down to for Devontae Adams was health-wise. Does he finish in the top 10 fantasy-wise because he can't stay healthy? 
Um, you know, I think he was the number one wide receiver last year in fantasy football. So I, I, I agree. It, it, it always seems like it's, it, it's, what is it? Odd years. He doesn't finish in the top 10, even years he does. Right. So, I, I mean, we're heading into 2021. I'm going to side with Big Blue on this one just because it's an odd year. He always seems to be inside the top 10, outside the top 10, inside the top 10, out. I'm going to side with Big Blue on this one. And I'm going to wrap it up on a Giants note. And I want to give you the floor because you have been pushing for the Giants to sign Kelvin Benjamin since last year. And it was you that even said he should convert to tight end. You love Hog Mollies probably more than Dave Gettleman does. You love your fullbacks. You love your tight ends. I'm going to give you the floor to close out the episode. You know, I, I just believe that, um, you know, a guy like that, as long as he wants it and he's shown Joe Judge that he wants it, you know, you owe it to your, to your team and the fan base to bring in all these types of players to see what they could, you know, produce. And, uh, you know, so far, so good. He's going to, he's going to be here for at least training camp. And, you know, as as Giants fans, we can't ask for anything more as for what Dave, uh, Dave Gettleman was able to do for the Giants. So, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, he's motivated. You know, he's a big dude, converted to tight end, but he still has those wide receiver qualities. You know, linebackers and, and strong safeties or even free safeties trying to uh, guard him. He he might be a, a different type of animal. Like, yeah, the opportunities won't be there, but I mean shit. <laughs> he 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 still he he may not have the skills yet, but he has the drive. And as long as you have the drive, the skills will come back. So, you know, I, I'll just leave it at that. But I'm definitely excited about the addition. And you know, and that also supports what Daniel Jones will be able to do this year as well. Look, as long as he can catch a football, I mean, this was something that we talked about privately. Absolutely. I mean, I mean one of the Giants' biggest weaknesses last year was red zone offense, right? Yes. Couldn't score. Couldn't score. We could, get, we could drive the ball. We can have a, a – what was it against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? What was it, a 17-play drive that ended <laughs> in an interception or something to that nature? <laughs> Old school Giants football. Had, Giants had no problem moving the football last year. Red zone was the issue. We talked about this privately. Ready? You're down three yard line. You got Kenny Galladay split left. You got jumbo package in there. You got Kyle Rudolph. You got Evan Ingram. Substitute Caden Smith if you, if you even want. And you got Kelvin Benjamin. Jumbo package. That's like four or five guys, at least six foot four. The ready average, and able the average height i went through i did the math was six four and a quarter evan ingram would be the smallest guy in that package at six foot three so and did wow I mean, that's that's insane could you imagine I, I mean this offense joe judge jason garrett the new york giants they are not playing any games man they are looking to make or to give opposing defenses headaches. They want you to come in and say, you know what? I'm really not sure how I'm going to defend this, but I'm going to try. And it, do you know what that is, a luxury that is for Daniel Jones to have Kenny Galladay, who's six foot four, Kyle Rudolph, I believe six foot six. Yes, he is. Uh, Evan Ingram, six foot three, Kelvin Benjamin, six foot five. I mean, Daniel, he can literally throw it to any one of them, high point of football, have them come down with it. I mean, you're talking about improvement in red zone offense. I love it. And the other thing is, this tells me that the Giants really did, and the Giants were really in love with Kyle Pitts, man. By signing Kelvin Benjamin and kind of converting him to play that tight end hybrid role, I think they really did like Kyle Pitts. A lot. But the, the beauty of wanting Kyle Pitts let us know 
what their thinking was when they brought in Kelvin Benjamin. Like, you're absolutely right. It's kind of like fantasy. If you if your top option is drafted or you can't get them, like what is the alternative? And they found this guy that hasn't played football in two years, converting him into a tight end that could be a wide receiver here and there. Like when you leave the huddle as a jumbo package with uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Ingram and Kyle Rudolph, and then you audible, you got Ingram and Benjamin that could virtually be wide receivers. And the defense is not going to be ready for that. And, yeah. and, and these and these are the type of options that the Giants have with Kadarius Tony that could run the ball, Saquon Barkley, Barkley who could run uh, run routes down the field like a wide receiver. I mean, this is a type of flexibility that we have never seen in, in, in all our years of being a Giants fan. So, man, be excited. Absolutely, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to chime in on that because that's something that you've been talking about for pretty much two years at this point. So congratulations on the New York Giants signing Kelvin Benjamin and fulfilling what seemed like yet another ridiculous idea by Mr. Big Matt. So, but Matt, that's going to put this episode in the books of the fantasy football shop. Any final words? Uh, Tune into next episode. You know, we're going to have All a lot right. more hot takes, <laughs> a lot more things that you may not agree with, but eventually it'll come to life. Eventually it always does. Trust me. Great words of wisdom there. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Fantasy Football Shop. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at the FF Shop. Make sure you're also listening everywhere that your podcast can be found. We are now on Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere that you can find a podcast. Hopefully our boy IB Blue will be back next week. Tune in then as well. That's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace and love, everyone.